All right, Rad Dads, and we're back for another episode. I'm Rob. And I'm Sal. What are we back for? The, what episode? I don't know what number of episodes this is. That doesn't matter. We're going to talk about coming out of COVID. Yes, you heard that right. We are coming out of COVID. Rob and I are removing the plexiglass partition between he and I that we've had for the past 18 months. We're excited. Very excited. Yes. Very excited. No more hand sanitizer pump next to us. So just in case we we mixed glasses here for our bourbon reviews, <laughs> that's gone. No plexiglass, no hand sanitizer, no nothing. We're coming out of COVID, baby. Oh, boy. Fucking Sal's on a roll tonight. <laughs> coming out of COVID, what does that really mean to you? Are we going to go back to the norm, you think? There is so much shit on the news today with COVID passports. Just today, in our lovely state, our lovely governor. You like him a lot, don't you? Oh, he, he's he's awesome. He, he, I have a, he offered me a beer, a free beer. Did you know that? He said, if I get the shot, I can get a free beer. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. So he continued down that campaign today with, hey, we're going to give you a free pass to all the New Jersey state parks if you get your vaccine. Really? Yes. Yeah. So what happens if you already have your vaccine? I, I guess you're fucked. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> so, so no free pass for me. No free pass for me either. <laughs> Did you get your vaccine yet? I identify as one who has taken the vaccine, yes. Oh, uh, he identifies. You hear that, I identify folks? as one, yes. Mm-hmm. I have my placard, my passport, my whatever you want to call it. Laminated the motherfucker. It's hanging in my dining room. My dining room. So everybody who comes into my house, they can see I was I was vaccinated. What does it mean to me coming out of COVID? Does it get back to normal? I, I look the the executive order to wear masks in public that was lifted. So now you can walk walk around in a field by yourself without wearing a mask. So that's 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 highly important for me because I was walking in a field by myself with a mask on, and I and I was you know questioning myself why am I doing this? But I was told today by by our emperor. That um, <laughs> I don't, I no longer have to do that. On a serious note, I don't know if it if it would return to normal. It, it's still, you know, questionable. Like, I, I forget what the hell I was. Someone sneezed, and I kind of like got scared and looked at the person. Like, are you okay? You know, Radio City is opening up back up full time. Yeah, at the end of June, uh, with hundred percent capacity. You know what's fucked up? So airlines are hundred percent capacity for months now, but you got to wear your mask. You're shoulder to shoulder with a stranger. You wear your mask. But these venues, they can't open up 100% capacity. Same shit. Better air circulation. Because in an airplane, they circulate the same freaking air. Right? It's all stale air. They they put it through these HEPA filters, whatever the hell you want to call it. I'd prefer sitting next to a stranger in Radio City than in in the air with somebody. Speaking of in the air, are you you part of Mile High Club? (laughs) Wow. Talk about off subject, huh? Yeah, that was, that was a little bit off subject. Let's pull it back in about how we're going to be exiting, co- um, not COVID, but the but the restrictions for COVID. So in New York, they lifted the mandate of masks indoor and outdoor, but in J- New Jersey, they didn't. Wait, indoor and outdoor in New York? Oh, I yeah. didn't hear that. Yeah. In New Jersey, it's only outdoor. So my question is, when are bars and restaurants gonna and other venues going to be allowed to 100% capacity have people at, at the bar? Because some of the bars, you're not allowed to have... Um, like a, if you have a horseshoe bar, if you have any type of bar, you can't have seats at the bar. Still, I thought you could. No, you're not supposed to. At least, at least some of the establishments in our local vicinity, they no longer have seats at the bar. 
that's they have tables who run up against the bar <laughs> to kind of get around it. But they I got don't a have pub, at the bar. Got a pub table at the bar. Yeah, they have a pub table at the bar. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Coming out of COVID, will I change what I've been doing? The height of COVID, yes. We we hunkered down. We went for walks. We didn't go out as often as we did, but we still go out. We wash our hands. We wear our masks. But now that we're we're not supposed to be wearing masks, is it normal? I don't know. Maybe. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. It. Does the mask make it not normal? See, I, I really don't know what, what the right answer is. Like, I just came from baseball practice, and up until a week ago, everyone was wearing masks. Now, no one's wearing masks. And Oh, even the players? Even the players. Oh. We're, see, we, we still have to wear masks to and from the field. And as coaches, we have to wear masks. Last night was hot. We had practice last night. I had to take my mask off. And I was, you know well away from at least 10 feet away from the kids they can hear me because i have a uh loud, a loud voice. voice yes as my wife tells me what else does your wife tell you sal many things that i'm pleading the fifth on this current <laughs> podcast maybe maybe in future podcasts i will uh, divulge what my wife tells me but uh not on this one <laughs> getting you know getting back to normal it, I think it'll be a little awkward or weird seeing people without masks in like the mall or stores. Our governor didn't lift the indoor mask. Oh, he's special. He's he's still not ready to do that. He, he says we're not there, right? Is that what he said? Something we're like not that. there. I, I didn't yet. listen to his press conference. I just want the highlights. I don't want to listen to him. Just tell me <laughs> what he says. A lot of the businesses I think are going to reopen back to the normal of you know not five days a week and maybe. But I think COVID introduced the capability of doing like three and two or two and three whatever it is you know three in the office two remote or two in the office and three remote right i think that's a reality and it's also going to help uh businesses save money because what you can do is um something called hoteling so you don't have a desk but when you go in you can take select the desk, the desk that, yeah, whatever that's available. you want yeah and that's something that i had when i was a consultant and just can be leveraged for for day in day out companies so you're not occupying as much real estate as you typically would if you would require 100% of your staff to be yeah. and everybody has, you know, claims their own desk and such. I mean, look, it's maybe that's the best thing that came out of this COVID thing, but I let's see if that actually happens. I don't know. I don't know if companies are really going to go that route. I think some of the more progressive companies may may like maybe like Google or Amazon or Lansian, something like that. Like one of the tech companies probably will. I know my wife's company. They they have been talking about this all year. Uh, they moved locations and uh, they are currently requiring them to be in the office two days a week. And they can work remotely the rest of the week. Honestly, me, my personal opinion, I get more done at home than I do when I'm at the office. And my wife is the same way. She goes, I can't tell you how many times people would come to my desk and just start bullshitting. Same, same with me. I, I don't have, We have cubicles. I, I don't have a, a desk because I'm a field guy. And when I do go in, I, I it's like hoteling. I, I got to look for an open desk. An open, yeah. you know. And if I, don't, I can't find something, I'll just sit in my boss's chair if he's not there. But I get a lot more work done at home than I do at work. I've always been able to work from home. So for me, it's, it's kind of twofold. I mean, so it's nothing new for you. It's not, well, the duration is now. So I used to always be able to work one or two days a week from home. But to work a full year from home, it's a lot. It's a lot different. I don't love that I literally stuck to my chair for 10 hours straight. 
that I don't love. And I think, yeah, if you're talking about productivity and throughput and how much I accomplish, yeah, I probably do accomplish more from here. But mentally, is that a better situation? Probably not because you don't have a lot of interaction with people other than right. going to meeting to meet. Like I typically have eight to nine hours of meetings. So for me, I'm jumping from meeting to meeting. I can't leave my chair, especially if we're sharing documents, reviewing, right. you know, sure. paperwork. It's not like you take a conference call on the on the road or walking. It's, it's typically not not possible. So for me, it's nice to go in the office. But to be honest, no one bothers me at home. I go up into my office. Literally, no one bothers me. My kids come home. They don't even say anything. Like originally, <laughs> like when we first started this, they would. They come up, Dad. I'm so excited you're home. Now it's like, oh, he's home. Yeah, he's home. <laughs> like, oh, I'm in trouble, man. Let's try and do this before Dad sees it. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> the one thing I do like is when five o'clock rolls around or six o'clock or whatever that time is, I can get. I don't have to worry about a forty minute commute. I just walk right downstairs and I get to see and my open family. a beer. Or pour a drink. Uh, I don't drink beer, but yeah. No, more about seeing the kids, right? If you think about it, right? I typically am an, I've always been an early commuter. So I worked in New York for eight years and commuted. So I'd always take like a six o'clock train. So I wanted to be in by the office by eight. And then I, going home, I'd, I'd want to leave at like five o'clock because even when you leave at five o'clock, you get home at seven. So right. I'm out of the house from six to seven. That's crazy. I can attest to that because the commute kills. My jobs, when I was traveling to jobs, hour and a half minimum. That's nuts. So now that I'm working remotely, I have a phone, company phone. It's always on. Email comes through. If I need to address it, I'll get on and I'll do something and address it. But for the most part, I'm on the computer 630 in the morning. I, I do my routine, get, get what I have to get done. And then I'm typically off, you know, 430 maybe. But I'm home. It's actually helped me for the past, you know, few weeks that I'm home at that time because I can jump right outside and, and, and do certain things that I need I had to get done for, for the summer. So which helps. There's no hour and a half commute. I'm from home and I'm done at four, four thirty, change into my outside gear and, and I do what I gotta do. So which is great. Do you wear a dress shirt when you're when you're working from home? Yes, I do. Do you really? Dress shirt and, and then underneath Shorts? is just my uh <laughs> Banana hammock. No, 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 no. no. I, I, when I go on calls or, or meetings, I don't, I don't turn a camera on. It's okay. just, it's just. Uh, no, because I know a lot of people screen. who do, some people do. For me, I'm just like, listen. I was talking to one of my employees today, and I was like, listen. I was like, you know, I know people are already going back, and I said, I wouldn't care if I could go into work in a t-shirt and basketball shorts. sweats, so, or sweats. I'd be amazing. But I also understand that, it's like, when I went in this week. I actually dress up and put on dress pants. Most weeks I don't. I, you wear jeans, but I was like, you know what? I feel like putting on some dress pants. So, hey, it's, did you have, did you have trouble finding them? No, <laughs> no, I knew where they were, but they were all in the back. They've now been shifted from like the front of the closet sure. all the way to like the left, so I don't have to worry about it. But yeah, it's, it, it was funny. moved from the daily use to uh, maybe. So here's a question for you: Do you wear your dress pants? No, you wear jeans, right? So it depends. So when I have to go to an on-site meeting, I have I have to wear special clothing. It's FR clothing, fire retardant yeah. clothing, because the industry that I'm in, arc flash and, and, and such. So I do have like khakis, cargo khakis, yeah. and, and dress shirts that are FR rated. So depending on, on the type of meeting, yes, I will wear khaki and a nice shirt. Because I wear like tailored dress pants. Regardless, the temperature, when you are in that type of environment, you are required to wear long sleeve FR rated Oh, wow. Clothing, yeah. Oh, that's, that's right. That's what you told me before. 
Yeah, so in the summer, it sucks. It really sucks. No golf shirt and, uh, no, and khakis for no, you. No, no, no. But I can't wait to wear. I can't wait to wear my, my Under Armour uh, golf golf shirt and my khakis. And so that's my attire every day. No sports jacket? Not during the summer. So you asked me what coming out of COVID meant to me. So I'm going to ask you, what does it mean to you, Rob? I think it, to me, it's coming, getting back to the norm. It's getting back to our daily life. Now, I think for me, I think the daily life has changed. I think this has shed more light on the importance of being present in your family. And I think one of the inter- one of the interviews we did recently, which I don't believe has, has launched yet when this drops, talked about one of our um, interviewees talked about being present in your location. So being present at your job, being present with your family, being present during your hobby. So, you know, your podcast, that I think is very important. Because even though I'm working from home 10 hours a day, I'm 100% dedicated to my job during that time. I may mute it and yell at my kids for like a hot 30 seconds <laughs> if they're being like their normal like preteen self. But the majority of the time, you know, you're I'm more disciplined at home it's because that, I feel like you have to be. Yes. For it's, me. It's that dedication. It's that work mode. It's that for me, it's it's OK. Yes, I'm home. But no, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. If you see me sitting down and I'm punching things on my computer. With one finger at a time. Right. Hunt and peck is what they call it. Or if I have headphones on, do not come and mess with me because I'm in work mode. You fucking called it hunt and peck. Because <laughs> I'm in work mode. When I'm in work mode, leave me alone. I'll eat my lunch at, at my desk because I created a desk. You know, I have a desk now at home. I'll eat my breakfast at my desk. And I you, just I just go. You don't do the intermittent fasting. It's coffee. I mean, that that's, that's my breakfast. Doesn't count. That's so you know intermittent fasting. Coffee doesn't count. Right. right. Well, I, coffee. So mm. it's been like a banana in the morning sometimes. <laughs> if it's not if it's not a banana, it's just coffee. Coffee banana. always. He always eats a banana. Banana sometimes. <laughs> you know, Rob. I, oh you know, God. I, I feel like you're going somewhere. Yeah, this. I'm not going anywhere with this. <laughs> Hunt and peck and bananas. Not, What's going uh, on here? Hey, hey. <laughs> Look, that's what happens during COVID when you're locked up. <laughs> so I think coming out of COVID, I think hopefully it's getting back to the norm. I, you know, there was a huge concert that was supposed to happen last summer. 2020 summer that was uh kenny chesney with florida georgia line opening oh which i was really psyched about but i was gonna have to scalp tickets or find somehow to get there i'm really hoping they come back but they're not i don't think they relisted the tour but i think guns and roses is playing at the meadowlands speaking of concerts sorry not meadowlands uh metlife yes not meadowlands metlife yeah zach brown band are you going yes pnc bank when with who august 5th you want to go? Yeah, of course I want to go. That's very my birthday. Let's buy tickets. I'll go. I mean, come on. Zach Brown Band's awesome. We got lawn tickets. Sal's buying them right now. No, no lawn tickets. Lawn tickets suck. You go to take a leak and somebody's already in your fucking grave. <laughs> it's like, dude, I was standing there. Well, fuck you. You left. Sal's on the hunt to get those tickets. Yes. So I already have tickets. I'm going to get you tickets. Oh. Yes. Should we get a party bus? Mm, sure. Tailgate in the, in the parking lot. Now that concerts are coming together and... I guess we're back to normal. I think we're going to get back to normal. I'm just curious if anything's going to stick. So you got to remember, right? We went we went through probably the Spanish flu in the early 1900s. Right? Yes. Was so it right the, around there? Yes. So the, the did you know that the initial Spanish flu did not kill as nearly as many people as it did when it came back the second time? No. Yes. But I'm just hoping COVID's done. Me too. 
but they got to go cut it at the source. I'm hoping the vaccine works, but I've heard break like the Yankees had nine uh, confirmed cases of breakthrough, which a breakthrough confirmation is they have the vaccine and then they still contracted it. I think they're all okay, but still that's crazy. Nine within an organization. I mean, it's nuts to me. Yes, I agree. From from my, my perspective, I think it's, it's the returning back to the norm with some lessons learned and maybe some better um, work life or even life lessons and, and understanding. I think people are going to proceed more cautiously now. They're not going to go out. I think we've turned people into germaphobes now. I think, though, true, I, but I also think you only live once. The YLO movement, have you heard this? No. So there's a movement that you only live once. Okay. Hold on. I'm a firm believer of that. YOLO movement, which is making people make very unconservative moves career-wise and in life. Like they're taking you know, probably riskier decisions to, you know, move forward with their life instead of keeping on, on the path that is going to get you to financial security or, or whatever it is. I, I don't know. My understanding is a lot more people are, are making that jump, changing jobs, making decisions because, hey, we only live once. How short life is, to be honest. I mean, you know, that's, that's... It's reality. Sure. That's reality. You don't... You don't life is short. You know, sure. live it to your fullest extent. Live, live each day as if it's your last day. I mean, that is a saying that I don't live by, but that's what people say is live every day as, as if it's your last day. Each day, each day you awake is a blessing. It is, especially when you wake up at 7 a.m. and you go to bed and you went to bed at 10. <laughs> that's great. Not exactly sure what happened last night, but that's what happened. I've been really slacking on the early morning routine. Yeah, very like really bad. I'm really very disappointed bad. in you. Oh, I have a little bit of stuff going on right now. Super <laughs> just, disappointed. Just a little bit. I do want to say one thing on that note. So life is short. I, I would live it to the fullest extent, but live it to the fullest extent while living it with your family. You know, it, once you decide to uh, make decisions, <laughs> once you decide to have a family and have a wife and have kids, I think you've made that commitment. And, and the reality is you need to move forward and commit your, you know, listen, you don't sacrifice everything. Me and Sal do this podcast. This is the second time we're recording this week. You make time for yourself. You have to as a father, but your commitment is there as a father, as a husband, as a role model. That's what you've taken on. Yes. Look, your family is everything, but you cannot forget about yourself. You have to treat yourself. You have to make time for yourself and don't make excuses. Make 30 minutes a day, maybe, whatever whatever it is. Just decompress. Maybe if you want to go outside, pop a, pop a, a, a bottle of beer or a can of beer, or even pour yourself a glass of bourbon or whiskey or whatever your favorite liquid is. You need that 30 minutes to yourself. Some significant others or partners may see like, oh my God, you know, you, I can't believe you just went 30 minutes away from me and blah, 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 blah. Everybody needs it. Maybe explain to your significant other, hey, why don't you take 30 minutes to yourself as well? Go for a walk, hang out on the porch, hang out. Everybody needs that self, you want to call it self-preservation time? You know, just you need that time to yourself. I, I think COVID has taught many people a lot of things. One, they found out what their spouse is really about that they didn't know about before because they were stuck in the same house for hours upon hours. Two... They really got to know their kids tremendously. If you were working from home, I know I did. The bond that I built with my kids being home, not only me and my kids and me and my wife, but also the bond between my kids. 
that bond is that is the best thing that came from this COVID shenanigans was the bond my kids built amongst themselves and with us. If this never happened, the time that we spent together, I, I don't think I could ever make up. So I think one of the, one of the things for me, I agree with you. You couldn't make it up, but you would have never spent as much time with your kids. I agree 100%. Like, think about it. Like I was saying earlier, it's I used to leave at 6 a.m. and get back at 7. My kids are getting bed by 8. Your kids are be- early. You, they go to bed early. <clears throat> yeah, I was up early. <laughs> I was out of the house by 5-ish and home by 5.30-ish, 6 o'clock. So my kids were still up, and I, I would have probably four hours with them because they go to bed 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Yeah. So what would be your dad lesson? Parents should leverage the lessons learned through COVID. Example, spending time with the family is the most important thing. So exactly what we just said. Yes. Is, you know, spending time with your family is the most important. Like, listen. Cherish our, those moments. Yeah. Our careers are important. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, we all have our personal goals. We have things we want to achieve in our career. We have things we want to achieve in our side hustle. The reality is those moments go by so quick. I was talking to somebody... You'd be surprised by me posting on LinkedIn. So we're the LinkedIn official. And I've had a bunch of different comments from from colleagues, past colleagues, current colleagues. And one of the guys reached out to me today and he's like, hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Just shooting the shit. Asking me how old my kids were. And, you know, I said, you know, I reciprocated and I said, how old are your kids? And he goes, well, you know, one's finishing his undergrad going to first master's and the other one just finished his freshman year. And I was like, oh, those were they, you know, those are some of the best times in your life. You have no responsibility. All you have to do is go to school and talking to the guy. He's like, listen, you know, he's like, it goes by so quick. He's like, my kids are out. They're, they're gone now. And I was like, how's it being an empty nester? He goes, fantastic. I can do whatever the hell I want anytime. I was like, well, I get that, but I think I'm going to be really sad. Like I definitely, I think emotionally and, um, just for my day to day. Now that my, remember my kids aren't teenagers yet. So we'll see how this all changes in a couple of years. But you know, when they do leave, it's gonna be tough. It's going to be a quieter house. It's so going to be, if you think about it, really process what I'm going to say. We really have maybe 16 years with our kids. When they get into the teenage years, they really want nothing to do with their parents. Because I know everything, you know, don't tell me what to do, blah, blah, blah. Depending on, on how you raise your kids. Yeah. So 18 is a stretch. Once they graduate high school, that's it. Dude, they're college. So, did they're, you go home after you graduated uh, high school? Yeah, I, I, I commuted to college. Okay, so I never went home. Once I left, I left. So so, the, so you're a perfect example. Yeah, and, and part of that is, to be honest, is I was a brev- very privileged person child adolescent my parents were not so my parents came from harlem my mom's from harlem and my dad's from queens both of them grew up with really relatively nothing and made pretty they were pretty successful in their life so my thing was after my and we talked about this in the past episode after my teacher told me i would amount to nothing was that gave me the drive but the other thing is i told my parents i didn't want to go back I didn't want to go home because I wanted to prove I could make it in the world sure. without their help. Can make it on your own. And for a year, I struggled. For a year, and you know, thank God I had some really, really good friends at the time. I didn't. I didn't have a job for the first year. What was the feedback from your parents when you told them that? They're like, "We really think you should move home. Like, you don't, you don't have a job." And I was like, "Listen, my buddy." So they were sort of supportive. They were. They were definitely supportive. They were. I think they were more concerned that I didn't really have a job. Sure. So I was okay. bartending, which wasn't really my career. Right. Like if it was my brother, it'd be a different story. For me, it was 
a means to an end. So if I would have ever pitched the idea to my parents when I was 18 after I graduated high school that I was gone, I think I would, I would have really been gone. I would have been buried. <laughs> I, I, so, I come from, a, you know, uh, my parents are right off the boat from, from Italy. Uh, they came here when they were 16 years old. And they came from, you know, my father telling stories where in the wintertime, they would heat rocks. They would put rocks in the fireplace. And then after a certain amount of time, they would put it in their blankets. And that's how they would stay warm at nighttime. Sounds like a fire hazard. No, no heated rocks. It's, you know, it's not a fire hazard. You ever, you ever heat a rock? You ever touch a rock next to a fire pit? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a fire hazard. But it depends on how hot you make well, it. Well, yeah, sure. Well, he, he would like yeah. multi-layer. <laughs> so, you know, if I would have ever told my parents, yeah, 18 years old, I'm moving out, I think they would have just... I don't think it was the idea. So the school I went to, I went to Drexel University for my undergrad, Go Dragons. Their freshman year, so we, we did quarters. Their freshman year was September through June, almost like a full like high school year. You had the summer off but then it was six months in school six month co-op so for three years i did that so i never went home so the deal with my dad was well if you're doing that and you're not coming home and co-oping then you're paying for your own damn room and board so which was okay one year i worked at campbell's one year i worked at level three out in colorado but that's a learning experience that's responsive that's that's so that's why i chose that school that's same thing as northwestern full responsibility that's your dad's saying, okay, dude, you're fine. Okay, I'm good with it. But now you got to pay your way. In a way, some people may say, hey, that's a bit shitty, not supporting your child and paying for their things. But in a way, that made you the person that you are today. Yeah. You know, you were able to establish a budget. Like, okay, I make X. I can only spend X because I got rent to pay and, 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 and food to buy. So... That, in essence, made you a responsible individual. Yeah, it did. And you know what, Sal? He trusted me. Who else? That's big. That's huge. Who else could we turn to to trust our financial situation? Oh, that's none other than Rich Latito from Dynamic Wealth Consulting, where client financial education is the driving force to the realization of goal planning and financial empowerment. Richard Latito and Dynamic Wealth Consulting specialize, they specialize in developing a financial plan for clients, which includes asset management, insurance review, and estate preservation. The firm assists clients ranging from young goal-oriented oriented professionals such as yourself and me to the retiree and everyone in between. I can attest to that because he is currently helping my parents. To have a no-obligation conversation with Richard Latito from Dynamic Wealth Consulting, give him a shout. He doesn't bite. He's actually a real cool dude. 201-383-2277. 201-383-2277. And if you don't feel like, if you're not the talking type of person and you want to send him an email, you can send him an email too. He won't bite your head off either. Um, R. Lotito, L-O-T-I-T-O, at dynamicwealthconsulting.com that is r lotito l o t i t o at dynamicwealthconsulting.com and tell them that Sal and Rob from the Rad Dad sent you honestly if you have questions about um, your 401k 
or your future 529, any type of financial questions, he will guide you down the right path. He treats your money like it's his own. He will not jeopardize your money. I've known Rich for many, many, many years. He's, he's an honest guy, and he, would, he does right by you and your money. He, he wants nothing but the best for you and your family. So Dynamic Wealth Consulting, Richard Latito. That's awesome. And tell him the Rad Dad sent you. Yes. Tell him Sal and Rob from the Rad Dad sent you. All right, Sal. What do we have on tap tonight for bourbon tasting? Oh, that's where we're at. We have. We are. Uh, it is none other than Blackened. Any Metallica fans out there? Well, we are tasting. <laughs> well, if you are. <laughs> yeah. This one is for you. Blackened. Blend of straight whiskey finished in blackberry brandy casks. Sounds interesting, doesn't it? Yeah, Super sounds interesting. Sounds interesting. Alcohol classification, it's a whiskey blend. Distillery, Sweet Amber Distilling Company. Proof is 45% alcohol by volume, which means it is 90 proof. Age was undisclosed. Filtration is undisclosed. Batch size is undisclosed, but we are sipping from the bottle uh, batch Number 113, 113. Mash bill was undisclosed. Awards, zero. And the color, they list the color as amber on their, their website, but this is like, I don't know, gold. Like a dark gold. Yeah, right? dark. It's super light to me. Uh, price point, 45 to $55. History, Dave Pickerel. At one time, the distiller behind Whistle Pig is the master behind Blackened. Blackened is a blend of finest bourbons and rye, hand-selected by Dave himself. Each of the whiskeys offer a unique flavor that play a key role in the final product. Blackened is predominantly bourbon, but pairs well with spice of the rye. Finishing the blend in black. Brandy casks results in added apricot. Man, I sound like a freaking robot. Holy shit. After the whiskeys fucking edit that out, you bastard. <laughs> after the whiskeys have finished in the blackberry uh black brandy casks, they are jolted back to life by the unmistakable earth shattering music of Metallica. They use a proprietary sonic enhancement uh, system, black noise. The whiskey is uh, pummeled by sound causing it to seep deeper into the barrel where it picks up additional wood flavor characteristics. Interesting. Aroma. This was tough. Uh, I am not going to lie. This was definitely tough. We, we do the three. We pour three glasses. Two glasses are for Rob and myself, and the third glass we pour a splash in, let it sit for a little bit, swish it around, and, and then pour it out. Uh, third glass method, you typically for us typically get the undertone smells of what is actually in the uh, bourbon or 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 where they they um, uh, age it in. So m- the first couple of minutes, uh, I, we did get a I, I got a hint of something, uh, maybe like a very light oak, right, Rob? It was a mm-hmm. light oak smell sitting here now after we've recorded our episode? I smell nothing, and that's very. Um, odd to me because typically when there is a uh, aroma in a glass it lingers there it doesn't come off the glass 
it is there. It sticks to the glass even if it's dry. So this correct. This is the first time I've smelled nothing on a on a third glass. Even in a wet the wet glass, it's strange. I don't know. On their website, they say it's burnt oak caramel. I, I mean, I get the. I'm gonna say light oak and some honey. Yes, light oak and some honey. That that's what I get. Tasting notes: slight caramel, slight oak. You gotta wash your palate first. Make sure you, your palate is super clean. Gargle some water or something. You'll you'll get it. When I first tasted the the blackened, I got nothing. It's a weird bottle. It was very strange to me. But you, after I washed my palate down, I got the slight caramel and slight oak flavor. Uh, finish. There's a slight burn to the finish. Overall, just don't know how to do an overall on this man. It's just weird. I, you want me to go? Go ahead. All right. So for me, the uh, aroma is lacking. The taste isn't actually bad. It's just not really there. Overall, I think the taste is is okay. The aroma sucks. The price point sucks. So for me, aroma, I'm really going to give a zero, I think. Price point is a one. And I think... Price point is a one based on what we're experiencing. Okay, we're going zero. Price point zero. Because <laughs> price point is 45 to 55. And if I compare this to other 45 and 55s, I'm not paying for it. There's yeah. no way. If you told me it was a $20 bottle, agree. yeah, I'd pay for it. I'm going to have to agree. But I think the taste is not horrible, but it doesn't have the it doesn't have any articulations or any like fine points like some of the Bourbon others. characteristics. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree have, with you. So I, I'm going to give it I honestly, I give it a 0 in price and a 0 in aroma. I mean, it's better than the Dickel, but not by much. like I couldn't even drink the Dickel. So uh, this you can drink. So I'm going to give it a bonus one, but I'm going to say it's it's a 1 for taste. I'm going to give it a bonus one just because I have the full one to bonus. So I'm going to give it a two overall. Two barrels. Two barrels. The only other bourbon that got a shitty review was the Dickel. Yeah. I mean, it's it's better than the Dickel. You it's know what? twice as good as the Dickel. Yes. Yes. You like the Dickel. No, I don't like the Dickel <laughs> at all. But it's, def- it's definitely twice as good as the Dickel. So there you go. Two. You know, I... I'm going to have to agree with you. This this was not a fave. It's just a very strange bottle. I, I just, I, I don't know how to, I don't know. I mean, I love Metallica. Metallica's a great band. Is this a great bottle? Maybe it's just a bad batch. It's batch 113. I, I don't know. Yeah, but batch 114. I, I'm going to agree with you, man. I, I'm giving it a 3-0. This is, um, this is at the bottom of the list. I'm not. I just couldn't see paying $45 for this. If you think about it, Four Roses single barrel is... It's forty to fifty dollars, forty to fifty-five. I don't know how this is even in a price point with that. Yeah, well, that's because the guy Dave Pickerel from Whistle Pig. That's actually surprising. Whistle Pig's a good good bottle. It is. This this is. I, I I'm very disappointed. Now I, is this is this so their you, own mash bill or is this like an MGP? Didn't say. So you're keeping this bottle, right? Yeah, apparently. I'll keep the Redwood Empire yeah, okay. pipe dreams. Right. I mean, I won't not drink it. It's just. It's not going to be something I'm going to turn to. No, I, I agree. I mean, the bottle's nice. The, the reason why they have the bottle the way it is because they said that it's easy to find as a bartender. I, I've never seen this in a bar. Yeah, I mean, as a much as it's that's a nice uh, attribute of the bottle, I've never seen it in a bar. It's not going to go in the speed rack. Let's be honest. No, I think so. that's what they're thinking. It would go in a speed rack. Uh, this, this if stuff. it needs to go in the speed rack, if it's, if it's a well liquor, it needs to drop the price point significantly. Yeah. So that's our review of the uh, Metallica Blackened bottle. Uh, I wish I, I love Metallica. I wish I would have. Uh, I wish I wish I would have loved the the bourbon, but I do not. Rob with a two and a two barrel and, and Sal with a three barrel. 
thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Make sure you share this episode and like and subscribe and leave us some uh, feedback. Yeah. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on LinkedIn. Follow us on uh, Instagram or Twitter. We don't really participate in Twitter, but really Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. That's where you can find us. Listen, subscribe, download. We appreciate it. If you have questions, if you want us to tackle a specific topic, email us. We've had people signing up for interviews. You, you know, if you're interested in coming on the show, hit us up. We have Calendy. Uh, you can find that on Instagram. There's a link there through the linker uh, links. We look forward to hearing from you. That, that's it, man. That's a wrap.